On today's show, we're talking to a dude pretending to be a dude, kind of pretending to be another dude. All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Welcome to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help you understand why the sports fans in your life scream at the TV during games. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalPal and on SportsGalPal.com. So what did I learn this week? When something comes to the end, we can often look back and finally see the lessons. Watching sports is really stressful sometimes. I'm talking like super stressful, particularly when your team is in a championship position, like my beloved University of Virginia Wahoos were this past week when we finally, after so long, brought home the national championship for college baseball, the College World Series. And I got to tell you, you know, I am a nervous wreck when watching my beloved Wahoos. You can ask my husband. I get really superstitious. I get really antsy. I live and die for every pitch. Remember how Corey Finneran on episode two of our podcast talked about living and dying in every pitch? Well, I did that this week and it is stressful. Um, I was going back and forth. I was praying to every deity I could think of. I was promising all sorts of things. Um, I will deliver on those things, but I promised to be a better wife and mom and better UVA and donate money and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, that's what happens with sports when you, you're so close to a championship. And this whole championship run was just odd because we should not have been in this championship game on paper we we shouldn't have even been close this is this is the season that virginia had um the team first off came off of almost winning the whole thing last year so there was already that bitter pill of like the could have should have would have um, for a lot of different reasons so they had that to overcome then the team was freshman heavy because many of the players who got us to that final game last year were drafted into the ma- into major league baseball so we were starting kind of fresh in a rebuilding year but we were also ranked preseason number one in a lot of polls and really high so there were a lot of expectations you know we had a ton of injuries on the field that caused serious problems injuries to veteran players like Nate Anthony Kirby, our pitching ace. And that caused a a lot of challenges because we really had to rely on um, a lot less personnel than we normally have. It's not like college baseball has, you know, a minor league system like the major league players do where, you know, oh, you got injury. Well, let me see my farm system has going on. You don't get that at at a college. So we had to do that. And we really had to rely heavily on freshmen or first years. The first month of the season, we basically didn't play any home games because of all the inclement weather that so many of us on the East Coast had to deal with this year. Almost all of our games were played away, and that causes problems because home field advantage is an advantage because you're comfortable, you don't have to travel, you don't have to deal with hotel rooms and you know long waits and things like that. You're just going basically from your home to the baseball park, and also you get all your normal fans, so they were missing that. You know, towards the end of the season, I honestly did not think this team was even going to make the ACC tournament, let alone the NCAA tournament. So they um, barely managed to squeak into the ACC tournament, and they did fairly well, but they lost that too. And we still got a bid to the NCAA, but the NCAA bid was clear across the country. So we had to play in the West Coast. And again, once again, we are dealing with a team that had to travel and then also had to play away from home without its normal support. The... Um, The fact that in several of the games during the NCAA tournament, they either had to come back from behind or they were underdogs says a lot. And then also series-wise, the last series of the games um, against Vanderbilt, the championship series, they had to come back from losing the first game. And statistically, if you lose that first game, and we lost the first game the previous year, you don't win it. So the fact that we were able to manage to get that win with limited personnel was miraculous. Um But if you look at all this on paper, and it will all be in the show notes, you can see Virginia should not be the champions, but I'm so, so happy they are. I feel like this victory above any of the other national championships, and by the way, we've won three of them this year, it's just miraculous. And it it looks like magic on paper. Like when you read it, it sounds like a movie. Um, You know, Kevin Costner should be popping into this. You're going to see this theme throughout the episode today. So if you're not a fan of Virginia or baseball or you're one of our rivals, I give you permission to skip this week. Come back next week. I'll have somebody completely neutral and we hopefully won't talk about UVA as much. But 
it made me think about this whole season as I was getting ready for the show that, you know, what really popped through all the different threads and all these kind of different opportunities and challenges was that the fact that I think all this adversity made them stronger and ready for the NCAA tournament than if it had been a breeze. You know, adversity requires us to challenge ourselves and it requires us to kind of grow as individuals. So imagine, you know, you're a team that has to deal with all of this. How much learning experience did they have to do, you know, just to get out of that first month away from home? So... I really think that that prepared them for that. And also the coaches took a different perspective. They instead decided we're going to have fun. We're going to relax. And it seemed like it worked because we walked away with the national championship. And it made me think, you know, in our own lives, do we see the lessons that what are really bumps in the road? Do we see the lessons in them? You know, nothing in life that's worth anything comes easily. It it shouldn't come easily. I look at my own life in various different aspects, even, you know, the fact of the way I became a mother. You know, I had traditional, you know, pregnancy, but it was uncomfortable. And then, you know, the whole labor process, I think there's a reason why nature created it so that it's painful. Um, I think it makes you appreciate those tiny humans so that you're not willing to just let them fend for the wolves because you're remembering, dear God, I went through God knows what to produce this human. Even if you adopt a child, there is still a lot of, you know, paperwork and bureaucracy and emotion involved and and adversity. So I think that adversity helps us as human beings grow and thrive. And I think it prepares us for bigger challenges down the road that we may not be expecting. So hopefully, if you're dealing with some real challenges right now, that you can kind of take a breath and go, okay, this is preparing me for something great, because you just never know. You never know what opportunity or what life will throw at you. But the more we grow and the more we experience and the more we develop as people, the better off you are to face the challenges that life will inevitably bring. No one gets a perfect season all the time. Even people who have had perfect seasons, and we all know those people on Facebook that look like, oh, my life is perfect. All I am sunshine and roses. That's a fraud. They have photoshopped their life. So it's the same thing with sports. It looks so easy for these guys just to throw baseballs and hit home runs, but there's so much work behind it. It goes back to what I talked about last week with LeBron James. You know, he didn't become LeBron James because of only God-given talent. Yes, does that help? Absolutely. But he had to have the determination, the drive, and adversity to get him there because he came from a very poor background. I think that that prepared him to work harder and smarter than everybody else and Yes, he is getting some rewards. And sometimes we don't get a championship all the time. But boy, does it make us prepared for when the opportunity strikes. So congratulations again to the University of Virginia men's baseball team. I'm so proud of you guys. And I'm so proud to be able to call myself a Wahoo along with all of you. And I want to give a special shout out to Vanderbilt. Their team and coaches were so polite, so well-mannered, and were very respectful. The coach of Vanderbilt actually wrote an incredible handwritten note. And the team posted it all over social media. And I thought that was so classy. He didn't have to do that. And he did. And also, you know, they, it's amazing to me at this level, it it just reminds me that this is not Little League. They made those guys who lost sit in the dugout and watch as Virginia leaped all over the field. And I remember last year, our guys having to do that and feeling so bad, but I was so like in my own depression of, oh, we lost. I didn't really empathize with the fact that, you know, the players are on the field. They're the ones who are the real stars and, and really do that. I'm only sitting in an armchair at home. So for the fact that those Vanderbilt kids had to sit there and watch, you know, as the team that probably shouldn't have won one, it's got to be hard. But, the, you know, none of them seemed to complain. They didn't have any bad looks. They didn't say any curse words that I could see. So I feel like they were the great example of good sportsmanship and just class. So well done. I will say one thing, though. For two years now, Vanderbilt, we have had some strange whistler attached to your team. I'm assuming it's your team because any other World Series game we've played never had Crazy Whistler Man. And he became a problem with the Wahoos, I'm sure with every other team that you play. Figure out who he is. Um, if you're listening, Whistler Man, or you know who the Whistler Man is, let me know. I would love to have him on the podcast. I want to find out why he needs to whistle the entire game. It was annoying. Um, 
But there you go. So that's baseball in a nutshell. It's wrapping us up, and we have to wait a little bit before we get some college sports, so we get a break and before football ramps up. So anyway, and it takes us right into what is an awesome interview this week. So this guy that I have on um, today. It's fantastic because normally when a man pretends to be another man, it's cause for alarm, um, maybe some psychiatric care and or police investigation because there might be fraud involved. But in the case of today's interview, it makes for some awesome tweets during a, during games, and it makes for some awesome ways to really involve yourself in the true fandom nature of sports. All right, gals and pals, I cannot tell you how excited I am about today's guest because I have been a fan of his what seems like forever, probably not, but what seems like forever. And the best part is, is that he is impersonating a real life coach who I also adore and love. So Phony Bennett is my guest today. He started a Twitter account that would tweet all of the stuff that University of Virginia's men's basketball coach, Tony Bennett, wanted to say, but was too smart to do so in any effort to get Tony Bennett on Twitter. Once Coach Bennett made it clear that he would not be getting on Twitter, the account gradually evolved and continues to evolve into what it is today, a mixture of snark, comedy, commentary, and good old cheerleading. Primarily focused on UVA basketball, he also covers UVA sports and any other sports team that catches his interest. And Phony, welcome to the Sports Gal Pal. Well, thank you. Uh, that, that's a way better intro than I get on my podcast. So we'll have to have you on the hard edge to uh, uh, give me an introduction next time. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to be here. And those are very nice things that you said about me. I mean, I'm I'm very lucky that uh, there's folks out there that have chosen to follow me and, and listen to what I have to say and put up with it all. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, it's not just they've chosen to follow you. You now have Twitter followers that go if, what is it? If phony tweeted, like they're like tweeting what they think you should be tweeting now. Yeah, there's yeah, there was a phony phony Bennett account that was created, and then there was a phony 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 Bennett account. And uh, at that point, I, I felt like it was starting to dilute the brand, so I uh, actually said, "Hey, you know, can, can you back off?" Because they had the same like avatar as me and everything, and so yeah, I think it was a little bit confusing but uh no it's uh, i was definitely flattered to see that kind of thing you know i've, I've still it's phony bennett the, the account is that if tony tweeted and so people I, I i don't want people to follow thinking okay he's just going to say fake coach stuff uh because that's anymore that's not a big part of what i do um but uh that doesn't mean you shouldn't follow no, it's definitely a true fans account. And I want to tell, these are some of the tweets that you've recently tweeted. Um, the, my favorite one, because I've said this to my tiny humans, you see there are words that daddy only uses when UVA plays. And you shouldn't use these words until you're an adult and also a UVA fan. Um, there's one I love. This one happened because we are also celebrating um, last night. I'm sure you stayed up super late to watch it. I know I stayed up super late to watch it was the University of Men's baseball team. What up with them um, coming out of nowhere? Because six weeks ago, I saw them play ODU here in Hampton Roads. And I was for sure like, we're not even going to get into the ACC tournament. And now we are national champions. It's awesome. But he wrote yeah. um, last night. Yeah, if UVA Athletics Store doesn't offer a three-pack of shirts, one for each national championship this year, they're missing the boat. So these are the kind of fun tweets you get to hear and read and go, I wish I had thought to tweet that if you follow him. So I highly suggest if you are a fan of University of Virginia or if you hate us, because I know the key play follows you, that um, you should follow Phony Bennett. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm, it's weird. I have followers from Duke and from UNC, and I think they probably mute me when I'm playing their team or if I if I'm just get off on a tangent about their team. But there, there's enough um, snark about all the different teams in the ACC or Kentucky and ev anyone else that uh, generally I think you can put up with it even uh, if you're one of our rivals. Yeah, I think they secretly like it. Like, I think it gives them like sweet phony is acknowledging that we're playing them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I, I don't think, I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, I'm like, there's players, some players that follow me, which I think is, is very cool. And there's some coaches and stuff. And it's, it's just really neat how it's taken off because I'm, 
I mean, I recognize I'm not contributing to the program <laughs> at all. Like what I do doesn't affect <laughs> what happens on the court. And so it gets really weird because like after a big win, people will be like, congratulations, phony. And, and it's like, you know, that's, that's not me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a fan just like everyone else. And, and this is my uh, really silly way of uh, um, expressing that, that fanship. But it's, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the coach. No, definitely not, because I don't think Tony Bennett would write some of the things you write. I hope not, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I hope not, too. Um, you know, I, I'm not always as uh, uh, sporting as I would want our coach to be. I mean, it's it's all in good fun. I mean, you know, there's, uh, you know, I'll talk trash about a lot of schools, but I think you you have to have sports in perspective. And, um, you know, so while, you know, I might be, you know, making fun of your school for not winning a championship, for example. It's not, uh, um, you know, th- th- this isn't a life or death matter. You know, we're lucky to have sports in our life. We're lucky to have that distraction. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I try not to take anything too seriously or get too worked up about anything that I read on Twitter. So for you, sports is a true escape. Do you think that's it? Sports are a true escape for a lot of fans? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's, you know, for, for a couple hours, three hours, if you're a baseball fan or four or however long you were being, uh, accused of slowing it down. So, so maybe that's, uh, the benefit of that. Uh, you, you get, you, you can escape and, you know, your problems in the real world and we all have real world, world problems, uh, just for a couple hours, those, those go away and you can focus on your team. And, uh, you know, when, when I started this account, I was, uh, you know, it was at a, a tough, place in my life. And, uh, you know, this was one of the things that, that helped me find my happy place again. Um, you know, just, just the camaraderie out there and, and just, uh, you know, really cheering these guys on. And it, it was a very fortunate time, of course, because the programs on the rise and a lot of the other UVA sports programs are on the rise. So I feel like I'm benefiting from that as well, but it's, it's definitely an escape, but I recognize its place in my life. Yeah, definitely. And you're right. It just seems like everything's coming up Virginia lately, at least, you know, with every other sport other than that one big one people seem to obsess over. But, you know, just three national champions. (laughs) It's incredible. Oh, that's yeah, it's unreal. I mean, uh, you know, men's soccer was, I think, uh, an unexpected um, thing. You know, they didn't have the kind of season where you necessarily thought that's uh what was going to happen uh men's tennis you felt like they were going to be able to compete for it um you know but it's always tough to get back there and and then of course baseball i mean early on yeah they just you know they i think they ended up 500 in the acc and what's really weird is my the first game that i watched this year was uh one of our games against unc at the end of the season where we swept them and i mean we were just crushing them. And, and, you know, I said then, like, I don't know what people are complaining about because this team looks fine to me. And, you know, from there, they, they kind of struggle in the ACC tournament, but then they put on this run that, I mean, it's incredible. Like I, I've not seen uh, a championship that was so unexpected, you know, after every game, I'm not necessarily expecting these guys uh, to, to win the next one or advance all the way and uh, win it all. I mean, it's just unreal. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, I hate bringing up Tom Izzo because I hate him so very much, as you probably do and every other Wahoo in the country should. Um, But it felt kind of like his kind of teams where they just peak at the right time. Yeah, and actually, I I think that may have been during the UNC weekend where I said that. Like, he's, you know, O'Connor's pulling that Tom Izzo thing. He's getting the guys, you know, you don't necessarily, if you're playing for the championship, you don't have to win every game during the regular season, especially not in baseball. And, um, but I, I think he benefited from guys getting healthy, but you also got to look and say, I mean, his managerial job, particularly through the CWS, uh, was, was just unreal. I mean, there were people questioning his decisions left and right, uh, with who he was pitching and, you know, everyone's like, Oh, he's, you know, he's throwing it away. And, and, you know, I was one of the folks saying, you know, he's, he's, coaching for the championship he doesn't just want to win one game and lose the rest and um he didn't win that that first game that everyone was criticizing that was the uh i guess the first game against florida but they managed to win the next one and uh i, I mean the the choices he made i mean to to play Hazley in the second game uh, yeah just i mean incredible coaching job by him and and if he's not coach of the year uh, that's a travesty i i agree i just think like it's just like I mean, I love this tweet that you wrote um, 
what was it a couple of days ago? It, uh, actually, it was yesterday. If we win tonight, I'm going to write a screenplay about our season. It will be the Angels in the outfield meets Mighty Ducks meets Born Identity. And I think that sums up the season because we started out preseason number one in the country and we wound up at the end being number one, though we really shouldn't be. If you look at us on paper, because I was at the ODU game, it was bad. Like it was just really, really bad. And you just knew it and you could see it with the players. They just, I don't know. They, it just, they felt off to me. And so from years past. So I almost wonder if the switch, because it seemed like O'Connor, he really took a different page this time and said, let's just have fun with this. And I think it made all the difference. Yeah. I mean, he, he had those guys just, I think, so focused and they've got that mentality that, that the tennis team, the coach Boland has done so well in the tennis team that they, they just don't quit. I mean, so many of the games, in the, the postseason, they won in the late innings in the sixth inning or later. Um, these guys, they, they get behind, but they, they never lose sight of what they're playing for. And, uh, uh, I mean, it's just, it's such a great story. I, you know, I don't know that we're going to see a Disney movie from it, but a 30 for 30, I think, would be pretty legitimate about this. Oh, yeah. I, I had a dream last night that this was a movie and Kevin Costner played Oak. Like I did. I, I had that dream and I'm like, I believe that could happen. My husband thought that was ridiculous, by the way. But, you know, it's my show. So he's not on it right now. And you are because you agree with me. Kevin Costner would be. Oh, yeah, excellent. absolutely. Yeah. Co- Costner loves baseball movies. Uh, yes. Bull Durham and, and uh, uh, the, the one with the, the Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Thank you. Yeah. There was a field. field there was a dream. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. uh, the White Sox. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh so yeah, he, he he might do it. I mean, oh, okay, I have so much uh, respect for him uh, because of the leadership uh, that he showed there, and and uh, it was just, just an incredible uh, performance. Now, how are you connected to the University of Virginia? Did you graduate from the school, or are you just are you an awesome fan? No, I was I was fortunate enough to graduate from there. Um, I won't give the year of my graduation, but it's uh, it's a little bit further back than. Uh, Probably most of my followers. Uh, uh, it was funny last <laughs> night. I was able to make a, a joke uh, about Kenny Towns, about him. Uh, you know, we should call him uh, K-Tel because he has a collection of big hits. And I was so impressed that so many of my followers actually got that joke um, because K-Tel, I, I don't even know that they exist anymore. So, um, I, you know, I sometimes show my age with, with stuff like that. So I've got to limit, you know, how many of these kind of kitsch references I can make. But, uh, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, I, d- I did graduate uh, from there, I was a government major. Uh, I thought I was going to be a uh, a lawyer. I changed my mind at the eleventh uh, hour, and so uh, yeah, so that's me. Nice, nice. Yeah, I also graduated um, as a proper adult, though. I did the um, adult studies program through the continuing education thing, but I, you know, had to do all the same stuff every other undergraduate does. I just had to do it with like kids and a husband and you know, mortgage. Right. So, <laughs> right. That always seemed tough. They like the 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 students that are they call them non traditional or or whatever that yeah. you know are just older. Um, you know that that's that takes a dedication because that that environment. Um, I wouldn't think would always feel as welcoming as you'd want it to, or, or you know, you, you're just going to uh, maybe not feel as connected to the rest of the students. So people that, that do that, I have tremendous respect for. Yeah, well, again, sports helped me with that. It's funny, you know, going to games and going on grounds and hanging out and, and doing that sort of thing helped a lot because, you know, I was as much of a student. I mean, I had the same honor code and, you know, when it was fourth year for me, I had to do a capstone that was huge and long and the same grading standards. I mean, it's not any easier. It's just you happen to be old. Right. So you're tired. Right. Yeah, but you're probably more <laughs> responsible about it, too. I, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you know, I look back yeah. and there, there were areas where I, I certainly cut corners. I would say I didn't get everything out of my education that I could have. So uh, um, I, I would think as an adult, you take that stuff a little more seriously. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, actually, it's funny because one of the um, popular Who Crew members a couple years ago, Jerry Jerry Reed, did my program as well. So the um, guy who's like seventy, who you would hang out and wear the orange wig and jump around with all the kids. Yeah, he 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 actually graduated with my program. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd yes. love to sit in the student section uh, one one last time. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, well, you can I, donate I, to them and get your baby like blown up like as a fathead and they'll like wave it around. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I donated enough. I got I got a T-shirt from them. I, I didn't uh, donate to the fathead level last year. No, that was I, really I high to get a fathead. I thought about it with the tiny humans, but then I'm like, I can't afford both tiny humans. And so which tiny human do I pick? And I feel like there would be resentment. So I would. And sometimes I feel guilty as a mom making them wahoos um, because it could be really disappointing because, you know, as much as this week has been lots of fun, you know, in a couple months we'll have football. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have that. And it, it's kind of one of those for the fans who are not UVA fans. It's not that we lose football lately. It's the way we're just stupid. And the, and the offense that is so great of dive, dive screen that that is our game plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I know how you feel with the little ones. I, I, I do have little ones myself and I was so proud as a UVA dad this morning. I, I get up yeah, and get dressed to come downstairs. My daughter's sitting on the couch with the iPad. She's got the watch ESPN app open and she's watching the ninth inning because she couldn't stay awake for the whole game last night. So Aww. she just wanted to see uh, us win. And I was like, she's using technology <laughs> and she wants to see the who's that's, uh, that's so great. So, um, you know, she's, uh, uh, she got to meet the players uh, a year or two back, and and from there she's just been a huge fan of uh, UVA athletics, and uh, it is, so that's that's neat to see that that next generation. But football, she's never really gotten into football, and and frankly, at this good point, for I'm, her. I'm not really good. Good her. for her. Yeah, no, I feel really bad because it's 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 yeah. I wouldn't have bought season tickets this year, but my husband's a Notre Dame fan, so he wanted to see Notre Dame. So I'm like, fine, we'll oh, wow. buy season tickets this year. Yeah, and you can tell my glee and excitement is so much fun. Um, yeah, but I think it's important. You know, I think it's this kind of family traditions, and a lot of families have these with a, whatever sports team it is. It just happens to be that you, this one is your college. Is your wife into sports at all? Not really. I mean, she'll. Uh, um she'll cheer for him like you know like she's like oh good they won <laughs> but she's she's not the one to watch the games with me my my daughter will watch every game with me but um my wife when I, we met uh she was a duke fan and um she, she didn't go to duke she went to a small private college but uh so on valentine's day i think it was maybe 2001 uh we went to the duke game and that was still at u-haul and uh uva won and it was a uh, just a, a fantastic game and uh um it was a great valentine's day for me but but not her favorite ever oh that's well yeah um does she understand how popular you are with the twitter kids out there and Facebook? because you've recently branched out so that the old people who are not on twitter can also read your snarkiness right you can find phony bennett on on facebook too uh you know she she does because it was funny. She has a, a coworker. Uh, she had a, a new coworker start who was a UVA grad, and uh, um, apparently one of the coworkers was telling the other coworker about Phony Bennett, and that coworker happened to know that hey, that's that's her husband. So um, that, that was an interesting thing that she, that she brought back to me. Um, so so she she gets it. I mean, I I you know again, she doesn't take it too seriously. I try not to take it too seriously. I mean, it's a really silly thing that I do. We're, we're not helping the world here. So, um, you know, but you know, for, for what it is, yeah, it's, it's popular. And, and, you know, I guess she thinks that's cool. My daughter thinks it's really cool. She, she's always trying to suggest tweets. I was like, stop, you're not, you're, you're not going to write tweets for me, but, uh, um, How old it, is she? it's nice to have the family. Support. She is 10. Okay. So she's old enough to really understand and appreciate Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just getting on. We, we, she's not on the social media quite yet. Um, but she, uh, she always wants to look over my shoulder when we're watching a game and, and, you know, daddy, see how many followers you have and, and all that. So that's really nice. Um, it, it's the weirdest thing to impress my daughter with. <laughs> like, I'm not like, you know, the, a great athlete or, Hey, I fixed the car. No, it's, um, you know, I've got a lot of followers on Twitter. By pretending to be another guy. By pretending to be uh, somebody that you're not. We went to see uh, Coach Bennett speak a couple weeks back and uh, at one of the VIF functions. And she was was dead. Set. She's like, you got to tell uh, uh, Tony Bennett who you are. You got to tell him. He'll think that's cool. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he's not. He won't be nearly as impressed by it as uh, as you might think. Um, and, and I just didn't because, I mean, I don't You You can't. I can't say I'm Tony Bennett out loud without feeling foolish. Does he know about you, though? He does. He he addressed it one time in uh, um, w one of his um, 
radio shows that that he does with Dave. Uh, he he actually addressed because he responded to a question. This was pretty early on. And I was like, hey, are you gonna um, you ever gonna get on Twitter? And and he was he had heard of me, and he said uh, he insists that he doesn't look at what I write. He just you know, and but keep doing what you're doing. Just be respectful about it. And and I, I try to keep that in the back of my mind. I mean, I um, you know, there, sometimes there's tweets that are right on the line, but um, I I do try to maintain um, certain aspects. The one thing that that I've always kept, um, just because of of how I think he is or probably is, is I don't curse in my tweets, and I try not to you know have anything that's too below. I mean, it's um, you know, some of the ones are borderline. Um, family safe, you know, you might, it might be PG 13, but, uh, um, I, I try to keep it wholesome and, and respectful. Uh, you know, there've been some other assistant coaches and stuff that have followed me. Um, but, uh, you know, Co- uh, Jason Mulliford doesn't, um, and, uh, phony Bennett or Tony Bennett <laughs> isn't on there. So, uh, um, but, uh, uh, that's okay. He's, he, he's got enough to, to keep him busy. He doesn't need to be reading Twitter. That's true. That's true. Like, cause again, Coach Mike London's on Twitter, um, and that's again he unfortunate. Is... Yeah, well, he, I'm blocked. He blocked me. He he blocked me. Oh. Well, I don't think he has me blocked. He he actually followed me for a while, um, and I was like, oh, that's that's cool. And I made one joke about him being a cop, just about it being the the regular interview question. Oh and no, following me. Yeah, and I mean, it, it wasn't like derogatory because you know I'm. I recognize the situation that the football program is in and I'll, I'll make jokes about it, but uh, you know, the, the bottom line is the people that we're watching on TV are, are college kids. And I always want to try to support those guys. I mean, they're, they're in there in the, in the weight room in the early mornings. And um, you know, I, I lived with a couple of football players uh, one of my years at UVA. And so, I mean, I would see just how much work those guys uh, would have to put in. And, and so I always want to support them. So as much, as I may joke about what the football program is or isn't doing on the field, um, you know, I, I have tremendous respect for the players and, and, you know, I'm going to watch every minute of every game this season. Uh, it, it may be very difficult. I, I may have to medicate myself, but, but I will be in, in front of the TV or at the games. Yeah. Well, if you want to, I think I mentioned this when you joined Twitter, you can always come to Camp Wahoo. That's where I um, tailgate. Trust me, you will be beloved. Um, that's where a lot of um, the, people you follow like um left field who else is on there the super who comes and tailgates with us so um i'm trying to think who else you would know but yeah and i met all them through twitter so i always tell people like you know they're like oh my god you're on twitter so much i'm like yeah but you never know who you're gonna meet like you know i've got some guy who's not crazy but he's pretending to be someone else but only on twitter not in real life but that's not crazy but if you but hearing me talk about it out loud, it's kind of nuts. I mean, does it? Do you have to do like any prep for the t- amount of tweeting, or is it just what c- pops in your head? No, it's just what um, you know. Part of it is the mood that I happen to be in, and then whatever is happening. And if I, I try not, if I don't have anything to say, I try not to just try to. Okay, I'm going to write a joke now. Um, you know, I've I've been on for three years. I think I have thirteen thousand tweets, which which seems like a lot, but when you look at people that have been on that long. Um, I've really tried to keep my tweet to follower ratio in check. So I have better than a two to one, uh, tweet to follower ratio. So I'm pretty happy about that. I'm, you know, not one of these guys with a hundred thousand tweets. So yeah, I try not to, to waste it. Yeah. You know, the whole brevity is the, the soul of wit thing. I mean, especially on Twitter, you got 140 characters, so it's fun to try to fit a joke into that space. But, um, back when I first, uh, graduated from UVA, I was fortunate to be able to, uh, uh, toured the country a little bit uh, doing stand-up comedy, and uh, it wasn't something that ended up being a career for me. Once I got married, I backed off, and uh, you know I'll, I'll do the occasional benefit now. But um, you know, comedy is something that's near and dear to me, and and I enjoy uh, I enjoy laughing, I enjoy making people laugh, and so uh, you know this has kind of filled that uh, that role now that I'm uh, not on the road anymore. Mm-hmm. And you've parlayed your whole phony thing into a podcast that you actually host with another popular Twitter follower. You know, if they can follow him, your co-host at Wahoo Basketball. Um, can you tell me about the Hard Hedge? Yeah, it was interesting because um, Mike, who's who's at uh, Wahoo Basketball, he had uh, started this podcast, and it wasn't called the Hard Hedge then. Um, you know, a while back, and he had a few episodes under his belt, and so. Uh, he had me on one time and, and I don't remember even what we were there t- 
to discuss, but we'd done a couple shows and it was like, okay, let's, let's keep doing this. Cause we both just like talking basketball. And then when it really took off was, uh, when, when we hosted Duke last year and unfortunately we lost that, but, um, out of that Seth Greenberg, uh, he and I would, you know, kind of talk back and forth. Seth Greenberg being of course the former coach of Virginia tech. And now, um, in my well, mind, a former best, UVA uh, assistant. Yeah. Former and a UVA, former assistant, UVA assistant. Right. Um, uh, and I think he's the best analyst on, on ESPN right now. Well, he, he and I had kind of joked around a little bit uh, before. And uh, at one point, you know, around the time of that Duke game, I invited him to be on the podcast and he didn't hesitate to uh, uh, to agree. And um, since then, it's been really easy to get guests like you get him. And it's like, well, OK, if if that guy's going to do it, then this guy. And so not many people have turned us down. Um, we, we've been really fortunate. The, the Seth Green thing w- was, uh, I mean, that, that was a surprise. I had tweeted at him and then, uh, he had sent me a message like, Hey, send me your phone number. And I did. I mean, it's like a, a Sunday morning and I'm out of the park and you know, there, my phone rings and there's uh Seth and he was just the, the absolute nicest guy. Like, you know, I'd never met the man before, but it was like, he's one of those guys that instantly you could just talk to. Like I could see why he would be a good recruiter and a good coach because he's a really good communicator and um, just really uh, puts people at ease. And so that was a lot of fun. I'm very thankful that uh, he did that. I'm hoping we can get him back again this year at some point uh, because he was a lot of fun to have on the podcast. But since then it's taken off and we've had uh, Mark Titus from Grantland. Uh, We've had a lot of the uh, excellent uh, UVA beat writers, uh, Jeff White and Jerry Radcliffe, uh, some some recruiting guys, and then last week, week before, Justin Anderson came on and uh, did the show with us, and that was a lot of fun. That was the first player we've had on. So, uh, you know, we're hoping to to get more stuff like that. It would be nice to see the um, the athletic program like look at that kind of separate from what I do on Twitter and be willing to you know hook us up and let us talk to uh, either players or coaches or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if not, that's fine. I mean, we're just having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, yeah, I, I think really supporting the program and, and giving those diehard fans what they want. I mean, like, you know, when Justin was on, there was 20 minutes of, of Justin Anderson. I mean, normally you're watching, you know, you got like a one-minute clip of him after a game or something. But this was, you want to hear what Justin's doing, uh, this was the thing to listen to. Yeah, it was great. And I'm a huge Justin Anderson like fan. I I'm I am still like I'm so happy for him and I'm so excited to see him in the NBA, but I'm still it's so bittersweet for me cuz I wanted one more year and I wanted to see him play, you know, again at JPJ and just to know that, you know, the last time I was there, um that I saw him play was the Davidson game and I went to also the, when we played Virginia Tech, but he was still injured. But just to know that was the last time to see him in that uniform is just, you know, it's it and that's hard. That's part of the problem with college sports is that you don't get to keep these guys forever i mean technically pro sports you don't either but you get it feels like you get them longer but with these guys you really get only so many years and then they have to move on so it's i'm i'm super excited for him but again it's it's sad yeah oh no i was crushed when he uh, made it official i mean it's absolutely the right choice i mean he's gonna he, he's ri- his draft stock has risen and, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to do great in the pros. So, um, you know, it, it was what he should have done, but I, I loved watching him out there when he came there, he immediately became one of my favorite players, the attitude that he had out there. I mean, he was so positive and always supporting the other guys. And I mean, he says all the, the right things and his, you know, his, his hustle. I mean, there, there, there's really uh, not a negative that, that you can say about him. And, and, uh, he, he was one of the first players, that followed me and, uh, you know, and, and supported the account. And I'm sure he helped me get a number of followers. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to miss the guy. I I'm sure he's going to do very well in the NBA and, uh, it'll give me a reason, uh, to start watching the NBA quite frankly. Yeah. Cause we've, we've had a couple players, you know, get on there, you know, um, Mike Scott, Joe Harris, um, Akil Mitchell, you know, are in various forms within the NBA. But I feel like Justin's finally that kind of breakthrough player from Tony Bennett that's finally going to make a mark. And I think that that's finally what the program needs. Unfortunately, you know, everybody is still like, oh, Virginia, they're slow pace and they don't do this and they don't do that. And, I'm, and they're boring. The boring basketball thing. I'm just going to say it right here, right now. I said it to Zach McCrite on an episode previously on the sports cast. It's not boring when you're winning. 
is actually a lot of fun. And I bet you every other team in America, if you had the season we had last year, you would want to play the same defense. It is a lot of fun when, you know, it's amazing, you know, when you go to JPJ and we're counting down the shot clock and then we're all tapping our heads when we finally get the violation. (laughs) That that's yeah. I, the, the way the fans have just embraced the defense has been really cool. And I think, um, because of that, because, okay, this isn't a, a run and gun, you know, just, you know, run up and, and dunk it kind of, uh, team, the, the fans have, have kind of been forced to understand the, the nuances of it. And, and consequently it makes you, um, you know, a little more confident or, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for, uh, sophisticated. I just like it makes us better, um, better basketball fans. I, I yeah, just think, exactly. I think it does. Boy, we're going to be sounding yeah, we, snotty. They, Right, they they appreciate the defense, right? <laughs> but I, I think um, you 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 appreciate the defense. I mean, the shot clock violations. You know, they're shortening the shot clock this year. Tony Bennett was in favor of it. I'm actually in favor of of it. I think we're going to see more shot clock violations uh, with our opponents, and uh, you know, our offense is going to adapt. So I, I think that's a a good thing. And if people think that's going to make the game better, I think they're wrong. I think it will make the game have more possessions, but people will be less efficient. I, I'm I'm not expecting much of a change in the bottom line at all, but uh, I think personally it does help Virginia a little bit. Oh, I think it helps us a lot. I, I think it just makes it even harder to get a good shot off us. Off us. You know, those five seconds are precious. I've been telling the Who crew for years that they need to have a cheer for when we get a shot clock violation. There needs to be something uh, significant or a sound that the DJ plays. There's got to be something i mean i like the cheering and and all that but uh, at this point it's such a an event i mean when that when that happens people love it and it happens a few times a game we we gotta we gotta think of something and unfortunately i'm not good at uh thinking of cheers or anything like that but but yeah, there's but somebody are, very creative out there it does. we should make a contest like you could like watch a basketball game with phony bennett you have to buy the tickets and the beer um but well you can't have a beer inside jpj well at least not during basketball but anyway so you here's the deal gal pal nation if you can come up with an awesome cheer we will find tickets to a game and you can hang out with phony bennett too how about that <laughs> but only if you find I one and only if the hooker does it i desperately want to get credentialed for a game this year so i can actually be live at a game but also tweet during the game because otherwise if i'm in the stands like i'm on my phone and and yeah frankly, if i'm in the stands like i want to watch the game and cheer i'm i'm just i, I don't want to be do the phony Bennett thing. I, I just want to be a fan. Uh, and so, you know, I'll like tweet a little bit during timeouts, but it would be nice to be able to be on the press thing. I, I did photography uh, for uh, the paper in college. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm used to, I know how to, you know, watch the game and, and not react. I can contain my emotions there. And uh, I think that would just be neat to, to live tweet uh, one of our games, like actually live, live tweeted. I don't know. I have to say live twice there, but I will. No, I get it. No, I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be super cool. And even if it's a non-conference game, just to start out, you know, I understand not not being able to be conventional during the big ones. You know, when UNC comes into town, you know, it's almost impossible to get a ticket even when you have season right. tickets. So, yeah, it's it's not good. So, yeah, so I'm super excited. Um, thanks again for coming on. This was a lot of fun. And I just think your story is interesting. And I think it just shows my fans, you know, again, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are rookie sports fans. A lot of them are women trying to understand why their husbands are nuts about sports because that's how my sports story started was, you know, I had a husband who was really into sports and I realized that if I didn't learn about sports, I was going to be a widow. <laughs> so I instead decided to join in the game and I learned I liked it too. So this just shows you the depth some people are willing to go for their, for their sport sports love is that they are willing to pretend to be the head coach of, a, of an amazing university basketball team, in my opinion. I'm very biased um, on Twitter and, and look what it's done though. I mean, think about it. You never would have had the opportunity to talk to Justin Anderson or Seth Greenberg or even probably, um, you know, all the other beat writers really the way you have. So I think it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's created some really neat opportunities for me and uh, you know, who knows uh, what it holds, like the whole podcast thing. Like I never expected that. I mean, I, re- I didn't have any intentions when I started the account um, other than I quickly realized like, look, I'm not going to keep this up if I always had, just have to tweet jokes that the coach would make <laughs> still. Um, you know, I, I, you know, the, the account is continuing to change with, with what I do, but uh, um, you know, they, it's always going to be, I think comedy first is, is really the drive, but 
uh, it, it's it's been a really neat journey, and I'm I'm fortunate for for you guys, and and I really appreciate you having me on because uh, um, you know this this is neat. I love talking sports, so uh, yeah, anytime uh, you want us on, I know you were talking about having uh, Mike and I on in the fall to uh, talk about the basketball team, and I look forward to that. Yeah, we're going to be doing some previews for basketball. I got to get through football first. Let's see if I survive because um, I'm still pretty new at this whole podcasting thing. So, yes. But anyway, and yeah. I'm su- our, our, I was going to say our, our basketball podcast, we're actually doing a football uh, podcast this year, a football <gasps> preview. And I don't, I don't know what that's going to be like. Although I can tell you that um, a current NFL starting player has agreed to uh, be on it with us. So uh, <gasps> that, that should be fun. Oh my gosh! Would it, okay if I guess it. Will you tell me off air, and I promise to give it a secret? Oh sure. Okay, then then we will say that off air. But oh my gosh, because I have ideas. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. So yeah, that's, yeah if, if, that's if people that follow me should, should be able to to figure it out. So you know, there, there's always the final logistics questions, uh, you know, to to be worked out. So if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But uh, um, yeah, I think that that's going to be fun. And and getting a guy uh, that that played under Mike London, no less, is um, that perspective of the former player. Um, yeah, I think will be really unique. So uh, that that should be a neat episode for us. How many episodes are you guys planning to do for basketball? Because I mean, basketball games happen a lot more than football games. We we tried last year. I mean, in uh, in the ACC during the ACC season, I think we were actually did one podcast a week. Um, there were, there may have been a week or two that we missed uh, this summer since the end of the season. I mean, it's been hit or miss. We wanted to do one every couple of weeks, and you know, we've had a couple of weeks where we've done a, you know a couple of weeks in a row, and then we skip three weeks. And uh, it, it's really you know we're not doing them if we don't have something to talk about. And so some of it's just kind of playing it by ear. Uh, we wanted to get one together before. Uh, the World Series finale, but uh, our, our schedules didn't work out. Um, but, you know, if there's something to talk about, we'll, we'll do an episode. But once the season starts up, uh, we'll we'll be on a pretty regular schedule. Maybe because you guys didn't do a World Series preview, that's why we won. I'm just saying. Maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not <laughs> no a, pressure. I'm by, uh, yeah. And I'm not a baseball expert either. I mean, not that, not that I'm a basketball expert, but, I, um, it, you know, I wasn't completely comfortable with the idea of trying to analyze this uh this baseball team i mean i was enjoying them from the perspective of a fan so uh it, it was uh i was happy to sit back and just let oak make his decisions i didn't think he needed to hear from me and there you have it all right um if galpa nation is inspired to follow you where do they go uh you can find me uh at twitter at if tony tweeted i think the facebook you can just do facebook slash phony bennett um and then the hard hedge, uh, we're at thehardhedge.podbean.com or just search the hard hedge on iTunes. And uh, if you want to see the latest episode, for some reason, iTunes doesn't update the latest episode immediately. So the only way you see that is if you actually subscribe to it. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's worth having a uh, subscription to. It's free. And uh, you get to hear guys. I mean, we, we try to make it beneficial. I mean, people don't just want to tune in week after week to hear Mike and I. And so we've, uh, we try to get really good guests and uh, we, we've done really well at doing that. And I think we're going to continue to do so. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, subscribing to podcasts is good. Like again, gals and pals, subscribe to this one as well. So you don't miss a single minute of Scout Pal because I'm a weekly show. So there's always something going on in the land of sports and women and guys. So there you go. Um, Definitely. So uh, all the notes, all the links will be um, in the show notes at sportsgalpal.com. And also you can check out the show notes at blogtalkradio.com backslash sportsgalpal. And thanks so much, Phony, for coming on. Awesome. Thank you for for having me. And and I appreciate uh, everyone out there who tuned in. I want to thank Phony Bennett so much for coming onto the podcast. And he came on the same day as the NBA draft, which I know he was watching carefully, like a lot of University of Virginia fans, because Justin Anderson was drafted number 21 to the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks do not trade him, develop him, work with him. He is phenomenal. Mark Cuban, I promise you, he will make you a ton of money. So let him be there or at least trade him to the Wizards so that I can see him more regularly because I love Justin Anderson. I'm still a little sad that he has left us for the NBA, but I'm so proud of him. So well done. Now on to our question of the week. And this one came from Hope from New York. And she said that she's loving the podcast, but she happened to see on Twitter that I posted something about guest hosting on another podcast. She wanted to know something about that. So yeah, I had the opportunity the past couple weeks to um, 
actually guest host another podcast called Trivial Warfare. It is where they take the pub quiz out of the pub and into your. Earbuds, and、um, it was the brainchild of my buddy Jonathan Oaks. I met him at New Media Expo, and he and his buddy Chris actually every week get together with another person, and that person will ask them questions, and they answer, and then there's wagers and all kinds of stuff and hijinks, and it was so much fun to do. It took us about three hours、um, for a lot of different reasons to actually tape the episode, and the fact that Jonathan's able to to edit it down to an hour. Is miraculous, and I、um, thank him so much. There was actually this one kind of bit in the middle where I got the serious giggles, and when I think about it now, I'm literally having to like fan myself and take deep breaths because I don't want to start giggling uncontrollably again and have to do my own editing. Craziness. So,、um, I really encourage everyone to check out their podcast. It's a lot of fun.、Um, it's family friendly, so you can listen to it with the tiny humans in the car. I know I have, and、um, it's one of those things where you get really mad when they miss what is easy questions. So you're screaming at the,、um, you know, like I'll listen to a lot of podcasts actually when I'm at my regular job, and I will be screaming at my MacBook, going, "Why don't you know this?" But you know, in the in the heat of the battle, they've told me that sometimes they're my I、just go blank. So, they dared to have an all sports episode, which、uh, it was told after it was done that they were very frightened of that that has scared them to pieces. But I think it turned out really well. It's a lot of fun. And again, those guys、um, told me that that episode, which premiered last week, was actually their highest downloaded episode ever in the history of their podcast. So that's awesome. So I know that some people in Galpa Nation definitely checked it out. So make sure you subscribe to that podcast because they are really great guys. And they will hopefully have me back so I can have another fun afternoon of trivia. So it was a lot of fun. And Jonathan, I can't wait to see you at Podcast Movement next month. So if you've got a question for for me, you can send it to Ramona at SportsGalPal.com. I like to talk about you know anything involving sports, whether it's what's going on in the world of sports to something really specific to things like this. Hey, you happen to see me talk about it on Twitter? Hope and you wanted to. Know what on earth were you doing? So again, send it to Ramona at sportsgalpal.com, and I might answer it on the air. I want to thank all y'all for joining me today, and again, thanks to Phony Bennett for joining us. Remember, don't hate the game; just try to understand why the sports fans in your life love it so much. If you love the Sports Gal Pal, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or the other pod listening devices that you use, because it really does help other people、um, hear about the podcast, and it also helps me know what you guys are enjoying about it. Like, for example, I actually was thinking about getting rid of the question. Um, you know what I learned this week, and I've gotten so many good responses from it that I'm like, okay, I can't get rid of that because you guys like it. So, you know, if you love aspects of the show, I'd love to know. And also, if you want certain guests on the show, let me know too. So I am open. It's your podcast too. I'm just moving the guide through the land and the wide world of sports. So again, if you want to connect with me on Twitter, you can reach me at Sports Gal Pal, or you can like the Sports Gal Pal Facebook. Page. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast, and be sure to check out sportsgalpal dot com.